Welcome to another week of the Life Group Leader Podcast. What a wonderful Sunday we were able to celebrate together. Believer's baptism with 10 souls who stepped forward in obedience to Believer's baptism. What a wonderful reminder, Life Group Leaders, why we are here and what we exist here in this community uh, to... uh, to do, to make disciples, which is our mission here at Compass, is we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Well, we were able to celebrate 10 baptisms uh, this morning, as well as spent a little bit of time in Romans 1, verses 16 and 17, with, a, uh, with a, st- a study, a sermon, a devotional, if you will, entitled Unashamed. And this text reads this way, Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith And the three observations that I wanted to draw from the text of Romans is really what Paul, uh, what Paul is getting to at the beginning of Romans. And in the first chapter, as he's about to lay out the gospel, as he's about to lay out Christian living, uh, the first thing that he needs to make sure that his readers understand is that we're not ashamed of the gospel. For as Paul is writing all of these things, he's not going to be ashamed. He's not going to be embarrassed about all the things that he's about to write because at the end of the day, he's not ashamed of the gospel because he knows it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It doesn't matter if you're Jew. It doesn't matter if you're a Gentile. uh, It's for all those who will believe. And for in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, and those who will receive that by faith they ought to live according to that gospel. The righteous shall live by faith. And so the three observations that we had uh, we had you write down were, number one, we need to be unashamed of the Messiah, the person and work of Jesus Christ. We need to understand that he and who he was as the Messiah, as the anointed one, the chosen one, uh, to deliver his people from their sins. We're going to be unashamed of, of the personhood of, of Christ, who he is We're also, the second thing, going to be unashamed of his message. And that's something in our culture, even in in my generation, there are so many people who say they love Christ, they love Jesus, and they, they like what Jesus is about, but they're unashamed of that message. They're unashamed of sharing the gospel. And it may not just be my generation. This is probably indicative of all generations that are here on the face of the earth in this moment. Uh, But there is this weird, uh, uh, this weird, I, I guess, belief that I can I can be unashamed of, of Christ and I can say I love Jesus but but not love his message and really we we have to understand that the message of Christ like what he stood for is who he was when he says I am the son of God I am the way I'm the door uh, no one comes to the Father except for through me. That exclusive message was just defining who he was. Uh, and he, he recognizes, even as he continues to preach, we should recognize that the exclusivity of that even includes that judgment that is to come. And that's all because of who he is. And so that message is inextricably linked to the Messiah, the person of Christ. And so not only are we going to be unashamed of the Messiah, but we're going to be unashamed 
of the message. Uh, and thirdly and finally, we're going to be unashamed of the mission. And I think as we go, these successively get uh, more difficult to apply in our lives, at least uh, moving from a, a verbal affirmation of the realities to a practical application of them. Like it's one thing to say, yes, I, you know, I align with Jesus, I love Jesus. Now, when, we're, when we understand the, the fullness of what that means, and what I mean by fullness, I mean we're not just going to give an, an assent to a tacit connection with Christ. We're going to actually uh, live out what we're saying. If I'm unashamed of the Messiah, then that obviously the, the next step is uh, that I'm going to be about the message. And if I'm going to be about the message, that, that automatically puts me uh, right squ- square in the middle of the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, we just don't see that happening in our culture, even in a culture uh, and I, in the South here in the Hill Country, where there seems to be in a large part a very positive posture when it comes to, the, to Jesus, but not so much when it comes to his message and in particular when it comes to his mission. And so for us, just to recognize in Romans 1, 16 and 17, when we say we're not ashamed of the gospel, we're saying we're not ashamed of the Messiah, we're not ashamed of his message, and we're not ashamed of his mission that he has given his church. And so that's something that we must recognize as, as, as Christians, as, as Bible-believing Christians, that the Word of God uh, dictates and directs our whole life concerning our faith in Christ, and that includes uh, not just uh, not just tacitly connecting ourselves with a uh, Jesus figure, but really understanding who the Messiah is, what his message is, and what his mission is, and how that now is, is ours. That's our mission, and it's the message that we proclaim for people to be reconciled, that we implore people on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And so as life group leaders, it's going to be really important for you guys uh, to drive that message home in your application questions uh, this week. I think these application questions, although the sermon was very short, there's a lot packed into these questions that you guys can spend quite a bit of time addressing practically. I think question number two, which uh, we're going to read Mark 8, 34 through 38, which is that text that we read on uh, this Sunday morning, uh, talking about you know denying ourselves, taking up our cross, following Christ, uh, in that idea there in verse 38 of whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him would the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. And you're going to read that and you're going to ask this question. You know, when did you, you realize, th- those who are answering this question, when did you realize that being ashamed of Jesus came with real consequences to your sh- social your professional, in your relational life. Like, wow, what, an, what a great question to start out with, to think about that and, and ask yourselves, there is a cost associated with following Christ uh, when it comes to the areas of my life. And uh, that follow-up question uh, 2A is, what does being ashamed, unashamed of Jesus look like practically for you this week? So we go from saying, hey, when did you recognize there's consequences tied to following the Messiah believing his message and, and being a part of his mission. When did you recognize there were consequences associated with that? And then this week, what does it look like for us to practically uh, be unashamed of Christ? What, 
like for for instance, what decisions am I gonna make because I'm unashamed? Like what is what should change on my on my schedule, my calendar this week because I'm unashamed of Christ? You know, what what should my conversations look like as I'm living unashamed of Jesus this week? Like, you know, what what does that look like for me this week practically? And then uh, question number three, you're going to read 1 Thessalonians 2.13, and then the main text of the week, Romans 1, 16 and 17. How can you be tempted in our day to downplay the critical position the gospel message should have in your daily schedule? So I think really focusing in on uh, the implication of this text uh, of saying we're either going to be in one or two places here. I'm either going to be one of those people who, uh, who I live my whole life the way I want to, uh, and then if there's a chance, I'll, if, there's a, if there's just a glaring opportunity, and if I have an extra moment in my week, I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to make sure the gospel is centered in my life in that one moment. If I have the opportunity, if I have time, really the ifs are the big word there, if, 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 versus uh, here's the centrality of the gospel message in my life, and everything else, everything else is in submission to the gospel. That means I'm willing to sacrifice some time. I'm willing to sacrifice my own, uh, my own fleshly desires, my own appetite for doing other things, because the gospel message is going to take center, and I'm willing to deny myself so that I can be unashamed of the mission of making disciples. And so I just really think these questions are going to be very practical. Uh, they're not going to be super difficult questions, but don't let the... Uh, don't let the simplicity of these questions uh, cause you to believe that they are easy questions. Many simple things are difficult, and so it takes time, and, and it's necessary time for us to be helping our people walk through how to apply uh, these questions to our life every day, which really, was question number four, kind of sums that up. Second Corinthians five seventeen through chapter 6, verse 1, is talking about being ambassadors, and even that great commission in Matthew 28 is that next verse there. And the question that follows up with that is, what kind of sacrifices are necessary in your life if you're going to make the mission of Christ your main priority? We know that if we're going to align ourselves with Christ, his message, and his mission, there are going to be sacrifices that are necessary in my life to make this mission my main priority, particularly if it isn't my main priority. And all of us, on a regular basis, have to make sacrifices for the mission of Christ but really flesh out what, some, what are some necessary sacrifices in our life if we're going to be about the mission of Jesus Christ. I'm really praying for you this week as life group leaders and apprentice leaders to think about how fruitful this uh, message and these baptisms can be in your life groups, which I don't want to skip out on that part, too, of thinking about uh, your life group talking about the baptisms. I, I want you, and I hope you do, it's kind of wound up there in question number one, of talking about the powerful baptism testimonies we heard this week, and, and talk about how, uh, how those have impacted us, and how they encouraged us, or convicted us, or exhorted us. So spend time in your group, make sure you're talking about those baptism services, or the, the baptism service as well. And life group leaders, for you, if you are... Uh, if you're looking for uh, some good resources on baptism, I have two books that I think could be helpful for you. One is the one we hand out to everybody who gets baptized at our church, and it is the Baptism, the Believer's First Obedience by Larry Dyer. It's actually one of my favorite books I've ever read on baptism because it's so clear, it's simple, 
and it gets to the point without being so brief that it's hard to uh, it's hard to really put your thumb on what he's talking about. Instead, it really talks about the different kinds of uh, the different kinds of baptisms we see in Scripture, uh, the uh, baptism of repentance that we see John the Baptist uh, giving and, and delivering. Uh, the baptism of Jesus was altogether different, right, of him associating with sinful humanity. Uh, water baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and even the baptism of fire, which is being placed into judgment. And you're going to see all those things uh, defined well in that sm- relatively small book by Larry Dyer. Another more robust book that goes through the history of baptism, uh, even in different uh, denominational uh, applications and different historical applications, as well as some really, um, at the end, applicational sections of how do we do baptism in the local churches. That's Believer's Baptism by uh, one of the main contributors to that and author there is uh, Tom Schreiner, which is is another good book, much larger, much more dense than the first option. But if you're looking to dig a little deeper, that would be a good reference uh, for you to have on your shelf as you're thinking and talking about baptism. All right, life group leaders, I hope I hope that was helpful just to get your mind thinking rightly about your application questions, the the uh, work and job that you have as a life group leader this week to be guiding your people. Uh, and remember, we want our people to be applicators, not just commentators. So what we do, you know, it's it's funny and a little bit ironic that we want people to quit making things about themselves because that just is not what the Christian life is about. But when it does come to applying the word, we want to hear people saying, I, I, me, you know, when people are answering these questions, they should be answering them in the posture of I and me, uh, that first person context, uh, because that's really where we get to the heart of things is what is, what am I going to do? How does this change my life this week? And so help your group, maybe remind them of that to be, to be applicators and not just commentators of the text. All right, Life Group leaders, we have a few announcements. We have our women's breakfast coming up on October the 28th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. We're excited to again have our women gather together in uh, October and then uh, really even getting ready for the end of this year. We have our major women's event, our Christmas coffee. Really looking forward to that in December. But be praying for our women's ministry as uh, our women begin getting together and discipling one another, fulfilling those one another's as women do. Think, uh, I think of texts like Titus 2 and how important that is for women to be investing in one another. Life Group Leaders, a reminder for you that we have a Life Group Leader training October the 22nd, which is this coming up uh, weekend. And none of you have told me you weren't going to be there, so I am really looking forward to seeing all of you there. After the 11 a.m. service, of course, we'll have child care and lunches provided and we'll do some some much needed and much helpful, I pray, uh, uh, training to help you uh, as life group leaders in our church be effective for the advancement of the gospel. We have our final Exploring Compass uh, this uh, coming up in November, in our final Exploring Compass of 2023. And so we have quite a few people signed up, but we want to push that and make sure everybody who needs to be a part of Exploring Compass will be. And so those dates are November the 12th and the 19th. The registrations remain open for that. So remind anyone in your group who is not uh, already registered, who needs to, to sign up for that before registration closes. And then finally, we have our Compass Students Come and See uh, event, which this is a a new event, and it's going to be on the Saturday night. 
on October the 21st from 6 to 8 p.m. And this is for all junior high and high school students to the Saturday night night event. Each student will have dinner. They're going to have a lot of fun playing some group games, and there will be a time of preaching by Pastor Evan. Uh, And we want to encourage all the students to bring others along with them so they can learn about God, which is the topic, God, the creator of the universe of that night. And really, this is a wonderful outreach opportunity for our teens. It's an opportunity for them to invite their friends, big outreach evening. That's why we're doing it on a Saturday night. Just a great opportunity uh, to be reaching this next generation. And we're praying that that would be uh, a fruitful event. So be praying for that. And as a life group leader, announce that to your group and, and get them excited about uh, reaching this next generation. All right, life group leaders, I love you guys dearly. I'm so thankful uh, to be arm in arm in this work of ministry with you guys and just pray that we would lead well this week uh, until we meet again. We'll see you guys soon.